Welcome to Conversations About Aging, a Catching Health podcast. I'm Diane Atwood. Today's conversation is with Emma, who turned 86 on March 7th, 2019. I recorded our conversation a month earlier, a few days before the first anniversary of the death of her husband, Warren. How many years were you and Warren married? 60. It's a long time. It was a long time. How would you describe your marriage? Wonderful. Why? How do you stay married 60 years if it isn't? It's not that that we got along so all the time, very good, you know what I mean? We had our ups and downs, just like every married couple. Let's face it, you have to work at marriage to make it work. There's good times and there's bad times. The worst times were near the end of Warren's life, when Emma had to confront the reality that she could no longer care for him at home. We talked about that, but we also talked about how they first met and why she finally agreed to marry him. Warren and Emma grew up in neighboring towns in southern Maine. They didn't attend the same schools, but their families belonged to a local grange, and that's where they first met as children. Years later, Emma's mother taught at the grammar school in Warren's neighborhood. By then, Warren was in either the 8th or the ninth grade at another school. But he was a word man, and he loved to use the dictionary at his old school, where Emma's mother taught, and where Emma would usually go after her school let out. I was at the school. So that's, that's where we really got to know each other. And Warren would come in to use the dictionary. Right. Yeah. Was it love at first sight? No. It definitely was not. (laughs) Well, whatever happened then? Well, years went by. I was out of high school before he called for our first date. Takes his time, doesn't he? Well, yes, he did. But uh, we we weren't interested in each other when he was here coming at school. So when he called you for that first date, and you, what did you do? Do you remember the first date? Yeah, it was kind of, we went on a double date with John and Betty, who are neighbors here in the community. Well, of course he he had grown up with John. Where'd you go on the double date? We took a moonlight cruise down the bay. That's lovely. That's so romantic. It was very nice. Yes, it was. How long after that did you get married? couple of years because we went together for a while. The first date was in July and we went together until about November and then I decided I didn't want to go with him anymore. Why? I just didn't. I I, I wanted to go with somebody else maybe. As long as I was going with him nobody else was going to ask me out. And not only that but I was working and having a good time. I was still living at home, but I, a lot of the time I was in Portland. I had friends in Portland, and I'd, I'd stay in town with them a lot of times because they had an apartment. And you were in your early 20s by then? Yes. Yeah. So you enjoyed being in town, mm-hmm. having a good time. Yes, I did. And, and the- I can understand why young people want to be in Portland. You know, they want to be in Portland. Well, I did. You know, we had a wonderful time. A lot more to do than out here. Right. What did you like to do? We'd go out to eat, maybe, and then uh, sometimes we went to the nightclub at the hotel, and uh, 
saw the floor show, you know, and that was it. It's funny because nobody says floor show anymore. No. I don't even know if they have them. I was going to say, do they still have them? I what I mean, know. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't go to those places anymore. <laughs> and so if you had stayed with Warren, you would have been stuck out here in the suburbs. Well, yeah, probably. I don't know. Did you break up with him? Yes, I, we broke up. And uh, then he'd still come around every once in a while. And he'd keep coming. He'd, he'd appear at the door, <laughs> you know. <laughs> then one time he said he came and it was going to be a comet that we could see. And, of course, he was very interested in the stars. And, and he, he says, I want to show you this comet. And I thought, oh, good Lord. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but you obliged him, and you went and, and saw did, the comet. <laughs> well, I might just as well, you know. <laughs> so funny. And we went down to, well, down by Daigle, where the potato fields used to be, on on the back road there, because we could see the whole thing there. We saw the comet, and that, and after that, why, I went out with him again and again and again. Well, isn't that interesting? So something magical happened then? I evidently must have. No. Maybe he had a sixth sense. If I just bring her to see the comet. I don't know. He was just very persistent. So he won you over? He won me over eventually, yes. And I don't think you ever regretted it. No, I never did. You went on to have two kids, and yeah. suddenly here you are, and he passed away just, how long has it been now? It'll be a year, the 10th of this month. It does not seem possible that it's been a whole year. It's been a whole year. And he was sick for a while, quite oh, yeah. a while. Yeah, quite a while. The last five years of his life, he, he was not good. He got Parkinson's disease. Was that the major thing? It was, but before that, he had problems. Do you, you remember him having an awful cough? I do. And a cough. He was always clearing his throat. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, and cough, 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 cough. It was just an allergy, just an allergy. And it wasn't. Well, he ended up, they called it eosinophilic pneumonia in town, and they put him on cortisone. And he was on cortisone for over a year. Did it help him? It did help him, but when he tried to go off, they he he start coughing again. And eventually, they did get him off it. But he was on it for so long that 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 was the reason they said that he had. He got a fracture in his back, you know. As a result of being on the cortisone for so long? Mm -hmm. See, that works on the bones. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. So he got off it, but it affected his bones, and so he had a fractured back. Mm -hmm. It was when he was getting over this that I noticed that he was beginning to have problems with moving his feet. Just kind of one thing after another. Mm -hmm. Serious things. Yeah, it was. It must have been very hard for you to watch him go downhill like that. 
Because yeah. he's a person, my memory of him it is very, hard. very active mm -hmm. and very interested in everything. And before, before he was sick, there would, he would spend hours in at the computer, writing and looking things up and everything. And after he got sick, he never went near the computer. He wouldn't go in. Because he, did he forget how to use it, or he just couldn't sit there anymore? Of course, he, he did a lot of writing, you know. He belonged to the writing club here. Yeah. He wrote poetry. He wrote poetry. He's written books. And I, you know, I said to him, I said, you know, why don't you go in and, and try writing? He says, I don't have any imagination. I don't have anything to write about. Don't have, don't have, you know, it's gone. That must have been hard for him. Very hard for him, I think. Yeah. Well, it was very hard. And because of the Parkinson's, that affected his memory and his ability to communicate, too, didn't it? Not too much his memory, so much as there was no communication. He didn't generate anything. What I mean, if you went to visit him, you had to do the talking, and he would answer you yes or no. But as far as a two-way conversation, there wasn't any. And he was always an instigator. Yeah. Always had some witty thing oh, to say. yes, yes. So now it's been almost a year since he's gone. How has that been for you? How have you adjusted to it? I personally feel that I adjusted easier than had it been a very sudden thing. I kind of got used to his... Well, he was here, but there would be hours that would go by that neither one of us would say anything to each other, you know? You would just sit beside each other and that would A be A lot it. of times, or I'd be off doing, working or whatever, you know, doing my thing, and, and he'd be sitting reading and so forth. And, and, uh, and then, of course, when he went to the nursing home, he was gone. How long was that, that he lived there? He was there nine months. So you had nine months without him being here, but you had him to go to. Yeah, I was, I was there every day. See, it was at that time that I, I really missed him. What I mean almost that I would say that I was grieving because I would come home and there was nobody here. And I think, what have I done, you know? What do you mean? You thought, what have I done by... It, yeah. Were you taking responsibility for having... Well, I guess so, yes. What I mean, I'd come home and it was, you know, the house was just empty and it, what I mean, it was as if he wasn't here. You know, he wasn't here. So it was a difficult decision, but he needed to be in the nursing home, right? I couldn't do it any longer. Uh, Diane. I couldn't take care of him any longer. Tell me why you couldn't. What was... Well, my wrong? back was beginning to bother me. I just was so tired. I think there's probably a lot of spouses who take on that responsibility for whatever reason far longer than is healthy for them Definitely. to be able to do. I, I, I believe that now. I do. I really do. Well, I don't know whether other people feel this way, but I just felt that I wanted to do it. 
You know, I didn't feel that I wanted anybody else taking care of him. I did have people come in and were helping here, and I don't know whether everybody feels this way or not. What I mean, of course, I was brought up this way almost. In to that, take care of people? In that my grandmother lived with us, and when she was sick, she, my mother took care of her. And, of course, my mother lived at home, and my sister took care of my mother. This is the way it's gone, you know. So how did you get to the point when you realized, I cannot do this anymore? Was it a gradual thing? Did you wake up one morning and say, I can't do it anymore? There was quite a while that I thought, how much longer can I do this? You know, I, I could see that I was getting tired and I was, I was getting worn out. And I thought, how much longer can I do this? Before I actually said that I, I, I can't, I just can't do it any longer. Was it easy? Was the process easy for you once you made the decision? Did it all go smoothly? Yes, it did. I, it went much smoother than what I thought it would because I thought, oh, I'll never, they probably will have to, I'll have to wait and wait to get him in. How about him? Did he even understand what was going on by that point? He did. He did. And do you know how he, he felt he about did. it? I know he didn't want to go. And I didn't want him to go, you know. But Is it something that you two talked about long no. before he was sick? No. I don't know that we ever talked about it, really. But I think that at the time when that I, I told Warren, I says, I can't do this anymore, he knew it. Because he didn't, he didn't like being the way that he was. And having, he knew it was a bur kind of a burden. You know, I had told him that, you know, I wanted to take care of him as long as I could and so forth, but um, I don't know what, I, I don't know what else to say about it, really. Well, once he was there, you went to see him every single day. Oh, you were there, you didn't. Yes. No, I definitely, what I mean, I hated to have him over there. You had a lot of things to adjust to. You had to adjust to coming home to the empty house. That was, the, that was the hardest part. So when you would come home after being with him during the day, how did you manage that loneliness that you felt? I guess I watched TV and I, I really don't know what I am. You just got, I know got it, through I it. I know it was, it was when I would come in the house, I'd think, gee, you know, it's lonely. The only thing that was here was the cat. Thank goodness the cat was here. What about other people? How do other people treat you, especially at this time? Wonderfully, my Lord. I don't know what I'd have done without my, my neighbors and so forth, friends. You know, sometimes people don't know what to say. I know. They don't know how no, to act. No, you don't know. You don't know how to act and so forth. I realize that, and I don't with other people. You know, it's it's hard. 
having been there, what's some advice you could give? I, I don't know that there is any advice. I think everybody is different. and they, There's some people that seem to always be able to say the right thing, you know. Unfortunately, I'm not one of them. I really am not. What do you mean? Well, I just, uh, a lot of times I just never know what to say to anybody. And I'm so afraid I'll say the wrong thing that I don't say anything. And that's even worse. <laughs> Once Warren died, you didn't have your daily trips to visit him. No. So that sense of being alone was even more profound. Did it, did it change for you or not? Yeah, I think it did. It did a little, but what I mean, I knew, I knew definitely, you know, he was gone, and I, I don't think I had as much grief as if he'd been here the day before. You know, I had got used to his not being here. But, of course, there were always times that, you know, when you're looking at things and you see something and you think, oh, what is that? Oh, I should ask him. And then all of a sudden you realize, well, I can't ask him. You know, I I'd, I'd started going through some of the old pictures and stuff that I, I had around, you know. And I think, well, who, I wonder who that is. Nobody, nothing written on the back, you know. It all goes by so fast, doesn't it? Very fast, very fast. And we don't realize it when we're younger. No. It's you just when you're older and you realize mm -hmm. that your span. Right, right. Oh, I know. Time flies. It really does. I, what I mean, I can't make it seem that it's possible that he's been gone a year. When you look back at all of your years together, if you could change anything, would you? I don't think so. Nothing you would have done differently? I don't think there is. You still would have broken up with him and had a little bit of fun in Portland. I am very glad that I broke up with him the first time because I had probably at least two and a half to three years probably between the time. Oh, I didn't realize it was that long. So you got to sow your wild oats in, yeah, I in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can remember after after we were married, there were, I'd, I would hear of young people that were getting married right out of high school. And I thought, gee, I'm awful glad I didn't. I had some time to, to do as I wanted to do, you know? Well, that's some wise advice. Let's hope somebody listens. Really did. Well, now... People are all different, you know? What makes it a good day for you now? When there's things going on, or that I'm going somewhere or doing something with friends or whatever, that makes a good, a good day. When there are days that I just, well, I'm here and nothing's happening, it's really kind of blurry, let's put it that way. <laughs> and you sit in front of the TV, maybe? No, I don't. You do your puzzles. I do my puzzles, yeah. Or I do my rug hooking. I, I enjoy going to these hook-ins, they call them. 
The rug hooking? Yeah. Where that you go and and you're in with all the other rug hookers and you're seeing what they're doing and, you know, it, it's wonderful. You know, you, you're not really doing much of anything except hooking, but you you see other people and talk with them, see what they're doing and think, oh, my, maybe I could try that on my rug. And I went with a friend of mine to Brewer. We went and stayed overnight. And, uh, but to think of going alone now, I would never think of going alone. So you still want to go and do these things? I would like to go and do them, but I wouldn't go alone now. Wherein before, it wouldn't have bothered me a bit to take off a brewer or a bangor or a rustic or wherever. So how old are you now? Big smile on your face. How old? <laughs> 85. You're 85. When's your birthday? March. Ooh, 86? Yeah. Wow. How does that feel? You smiled when I asked you. Uh, can you believe it that you're going to no, be? No, I can't. I can't believe it. You know, it, it is It is strange. I never thought of it before until just not too long ago. Before I was 80, I never felt old. Never, never felt old at all. And uh, it's been just the last few years. Of course, a lot of that may have been because I was taking care of Warren and I was tired and so forth that, that I really felt my age. So what does that feel like? <laughs> I can't tell you because I, 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 there's no words. What I mean, you just... All of a sudden, you realize, gee, I'm 85 years old. How do I get to be 85 years old? You know? In the years since Warren's death, Emma has been able to gain back her strength and is taking good care of herself. I saw her the other day, and she was looking forward to a birthday celebration with her family, another rug hooking event, and going out with a group of friends. Busy woman. You've been listening to Conversations About Aging, a Catching Health podcast. I'm Diane Atwood. To hear more conversations about aging and to read my blog posts on health and wellness, visit catchinghealth.com. This podcast was made possible by our sponsors, Avita of Stroudwater, a memory care facility, and Stroudwater Lodge, an assisted living community, both in Westbrook, Maine. You'll find out more about them at northbridgecos.com. A shout out to Smith Atwood Video Services for editing the podcast. See what else they have to offer at smithatwood.com. And I'd also like to thank Tom Muser for his support. He's director of the Center for Excellence in Aging and Health at the University of New England. Tom will be using some of the interviews for research on aging issues in Maine.